Hi, it's Ty Cooper here with another episode of E-Conversations, the NJEDA podcast. Today, we have a special edition of E-Conversations celebrating the first anniversary of Governor Murphy's plan for a stronger and fairer New Jersey economy. Governor Murphy's plan focuses on four key goals, driving faster job growth in New Jersey than all of our peer states in the Northeast, achieving the fastest median wage growth in the Northeast, creating the most diverse innovation ecosystem in the nation, closing the racial and gender wage and employment gaps, and building thriving, inclusive urban centers in downtowns. Over the past year, we have made significant progress towards these goals by focusing on four key pillars, investing in people, investing in communities, making New Jersey the state of innovation, and making New Jersey easier to do business with. To get you up to speed on the progress that we've made so far and give you an idea of what we have planned for the future, I'm sitting down with four leaders who are at the forefront of executing each one of these pillars. Each of these individuals has played a key role in advancing Governor Murphy's plan, and I'm incredibly excited to talk with them about the efforts they have spearheaded over the past year and what exciting initiatives we can expect in the very near future. Today we have with us Zakia Smith-Ellis, the Secretary of Higher Education. She's the first of four women who we'll be speaking with in celebration of the one-year anniversary of Governor Murphy's plan for a stronger and fairer New Jersey economy. Zakia will be talking about what the state is doing to invest in people. Zakia, it's super great to have you here today. Um, earlier this year, the Office of the Secretary of Higher Education, your office, launched its own plan entitled Where Opportunity Meets Innovation. The plan is a com complement to Governor Murphy's vision for a strong and fair New Jersey economy. Can you give our listeners a very broad overview of your plan, the steps you're taking to implement it, and how it's designed to help the state invest in people? Sure. So thank you so much for having me, first of all. We are <laughs> such um, a fan of the work that you all are doing and so glad to be partners, um, especially as it relates to investing in people. So everything that we do in higher education is about investing in students and making sure that students are prepared um, to be contributing members of society, whether that's in work or in life. And awesome. our whole state plan is about making sure that every New Jerseyan, no matter their life circumstances, has the opportunity to obtain a high quality credential that prepares them for life after college. So the plan is all about that. It's very much, <laughs> um, if the economic plan is about investing people, then our plan is very much student-centered. Mm -hmm. So the center of the plan is a student bill of rights. Um, I love this. And the idea that. is that all students in the state, we should have a vision that is putting students forward and putting students first. And so what is it that students need from their higher education experience? Um, and what we know is that they need a strong foundation. They need early exposure to college and careers so that they can contextualize what they might want to do. College means a bunch of different things. It's right. not just four-year colleges. There's a community college. There's community colleges. There's trade schools. There's technical training. There are apprenticeship programs, and we consider everything beyond high school to be part of that post-secondary experience um, that we want students to have access to. Then when you're in school, you need support. You need right. um, resources, whether it be to afford school, whether it be support for completion, tutoring, mentoring. We talk about faculty and staff support, and we also talk about student safety and feeling welcome on campus, which is something that more and more as we um, just look at the diversity of our uh, the diversity of our college students, it's important that everybody feel welcome in the state of New Jersey at all of our colleges. And so that's what our plan is about. <laughs> and I love that. And I just want to touch upon, again, and more so comment on the Student Bill of Rights. It's one of those things where their voices traditionally have not been at mm -hmm. the table. They haven't had access to yep. leaders like yourself and this right. governor. So the fact that you're actually giving them an opportunity to create 
what this Bill of Rights looks like or just where they're going to have their voices yeah. advocated. I think that's so awesome. And I think that really gets to the point of why we're investing in people in different spaces and where there's an intersection of the work we do. So absolutely, that's awesome. So. We want students that the last part of the Bill of Rights is that they have a seat at the table. And so um, we have been doing roundtables with students across the state. Wow. And it's been fantastic. So you've done North, South, Central Jersey? Yes, North, South, Central, and then back around again, um, and East to West, and um, it's been fantastic to really meet all of our wonderful students. What's the most surprising thing that you've seen and or heard as you're doing these tours throughout the state? You know, um, the surprising thing, when you talk to students and their families, because it's often a family endeavor, whether it's mm -hmm. your grandma, your aunties, people somebody there you. Somebody, you. <laughs> you know, and if no one's there to support you, we're there, but there is... Um, themes that come across and of course affordability you hear so much from people um, and it comes up in ways that you wouldn't expect and it impacts their ability to do well in class I remember a guy who um, worked three jobs wow. and was a recipient of our community college opportunity grant and so it's like how are you able to be successful in school if you're working three jobs because you're barely sleeping wow. and so if that student for instance doesn't turn in their homework is that because they're lazy or because they have a financial challenge that they're not able to meet with their hours that they work um, the other thing that we heard very often was how much students wanted their education to be relevant to their life after right. they want to make sure they're not just paying all this money <laughs> to get something that was fun to talk about in class but doesn't really help them afterwards so we have to be real about that yeah. with um, and then students want that it is not just you know, learning how to put, um, to be a cog in a wheel, but really how to think um, that helps you in your job after school. So I love this holistic approach that we're taking and truly shows how we're investing in our students, but really in the people and the pipelines um, in New Jersey. So I think that's fantastic. So New Jersey is known world over for its talented workforce and top-notch colleges and universities. And we are a little bit competitive. So mm -hmm. what sets us apart from Boston and California, which also have really excellent institutions of higher learning as well? So we have a great diversity of institutions here. Um, the state of New Jersey has great public colleges. They've got We've got great independent institutions, so private colleges. We've got, and I'm not going to name names because I'm not going to get myself in trouble. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we have um, colleges throughout the state. We also have wonderful community colleges. So in every county, there is a what we call county colleges. Mm. That's our community college system. And we have great articulation agreements. So you could start at a community college, transfer to a public or private. Um, and so we we just have a wonderful network of colleges. No matter what your interests are, there's something for you. And they're all listening intently to this, so this is fantastic. And you mentioned community colleges, and one of the steps that Governor Murphy took to invest in people was to make college more accessible by making community college tuition-free for certain students. The program now, I've heard, has expanded to all 19 community colleges this year. How do you see this as a game changer for New Jersey, but really nationally as well? Thank you so much for asking about that. We are so proud of the fact that every county college across the state has um, a basically a free tuition program for students. Um, it complements existing financial aid, so we already have um, generous student aid in the form of tuition aid grants. We mm -hmm. already have something called the STARS program, which helps high-achieving high school students afford community college. And now, if, you, um, if you're from a family that makes less than $65,000, your tuition and fees will be covered by the state so of New Jersey. So say that again one more time, because I know people have heard about this, but just walk us through that. And again, the number is 65000 Yes, it is now $65,000 or less. Less and your adjusted gross income 
if that is what is on your taxes is your HEI yeah. um, from zero to 65,000, your tuition and fees will be covered. That's excellent. And Congratulations. so thank That's you. Huge. And it's, you know, people always, when we go around and we talk to students, they expect there to be um, some really long application or some like, you know, loophole or something like that. And generally that's it. You do have to fill out the FAFSA. So you have to fill out the paperwork so that we can know that you meet that criteria. Um, and we want to make sure you get your federal aid first so that we, you know, <laughs> Governor Murphy likes to make sure we're getting our federal money first. But after that, the state is going to make sure that your tuition and fees are covered. So that is the program. It is beneficial and a game changer because we're really in an innovation economy where we're requiring more of people. We're asking them to have a higher level of education right. than in the past. And if we're going to do that, we need to step up to the plate and actually support people, especially those with the least ability to pay. So that is what this is about, giving people an equal playing field. Well, I love that you have a stepping up to the plate, and I feel like we're knocking it out of the park as well. So I think that that's huge. Um, one of the other initiatives that we've been working on is Research with New Jersey, which your office and ours have been spearheading together. For our listeners who aren't familiar with Research with New Jersey, it's a free online portal that showcases New Jersey's experts in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Can you talk a little bit more about Research with New Jersey, its audience, and how it's helping to helping a broad spectrum of sectors? So Research with New Jersey is a fantastic partnership with our state's research universities, the business community, with you all at EDA. And we are think we think it's a wonderful way to highlight the research that's happening at our colleges and universities. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about community colleges, but also we have some great four-year um, public and private research institutions that are really um, – New Jersey is the state of innovation, as the governor <laughs> likes to say, and we are the original place for where some groundbreaking, groundbreaking research happens, and a lot of it happens at our colleges and universities. And they need to be able to partner with the businesses That's that right. are going to use that research to be able to make the next inventions in any number of areas, to create patents. And so this is really a kind of a networking site, like a... Um, uh, like a match.com. Yeah, exactly, a match.com <laughs> for researchers and faculty members and businesses that are trying to get some of that um, ground-level research to be done. So it's really an opportunity for connection across all kinds of sectors, and we see it as being able to, um, as a way that we can really promote those partnerships that will lead the way. Well, I love that. Um, Secretary, this has been tremendous. I enjoyed talking with you. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? I just want to say how wonderful it is to be able to partner with the EDA Tim and the fantastic partners here. <laughs> you all are awesome, and it really is great to see um, the talent-driven nature of our economic development, and we're happy to be a partner in that work. And so, again, this is a session focused on investing in people, and that's truly what you have done since you got here from day one. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm here with the Lieutenant Governor, the Honorable Sheila Oliver. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, I'm so pleased to be here, Ty. You guys should see me. I'm cheesing really, really hard. Um, so we have a series of questions really focused on the first year anniversary of yours and the governor's first year anniversary of the Stronger Fair Plan. So again, super excited. Um, but one thing I'm especially interested in is the breadth of your involvement in government. Not only are you lieutenant governor, but you also serve as commissioner of the Department of Community Affairs, which gives you incredible perspective, but it's also one of the largest, most involved departments in the state. Yeah, you know, the uh, Department of Community Affairs is a perfect fit for me. Um, as you know, uh, it, the lieutenant governor must be a member of the governor's cabinet. Mm -hmm. And uh, so DCA is my portfolio. And as commissioner, I oversee many aspects of affordable housing, community economic development, 
um, revitalization. I have involvement in uh, neighborhood revitalization tax mm -hmm. credit programs. Uh, we are designated as the state's largest public housing authority, which many people don't know. Mm -hmm. And uh, we administer about 42,000 uh, housing subsidy vouchers uh, for the federal government in mm -hmm. New Jersey. Uh, we also um, have a division called Local Government Services. We statutorily must approve the budgets of municipalities in this state, and there are 565 of them. And just for the listeners, New Jersey is small but mighty, and again, it's 565 municipalities, so you stay very busy. We do. <laughs> <laughs> Can you also talk about how you're balancing this role um, with being the lieutenant governor, you're such a visible figure, and the communities really know and embrace you anytime you come. So how are you balancing both of these roles? I think that um, as we transitioned into a Murphy administration, um, I probably had the easiest time traversing into the establishment of, yeah. a, of a new government. Um, I served in the New Jersey State Legislature for 16 years. I served as the Speaker of the New Jersey General Assembly. And I have to note this, you were the first woman of color to serve in that capacity. Absolutely. That's huge. Uh, second in the nation. There you go now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it was very easy transition for me. So I was very familiar with all the state agencies and departments. I knew a lot of the staff in the various departments. Um, I knew my way around Trenton. And I knew stakeholders from one end of the state to the other. So January 16th, I was able to put my Adidas on and hit the ground. <laughs> of course, she has to be fabulous while she's hitting the ground. And, and I will say this, very excited about your and the governor's plan, the Stronger and Fairer New Jersey. And one of the key pieces is investing in communities and investing in people. And that's a pivot from how we think about government. And you really brought together all of these various departments and agencies to focus on that. Can you talk about what the investing in communities on a neighborhood level really means? Everyone knows that is my passion. That's right. And uh, when I think about my, my professional career, I have always worked on the ground addressing issues at grassroots level, uh, engaging with constituencies, identifying the needs of people, and then putting stakeholders around a table to figure out how we better serve people. Um, I have a history of working with mayors and local governing bodies. I am a huge, huge supporter of the nonprofit sector right. in this state. And uh, I believe that it's through partnership with the not-for-profit sector and government that we can work collaboratively to solve problems uh, at a local level and to engage in community economic development at a local level. And that really is the epitome of investing in people and communities and really bringing these nonprofits to the table. Again, I think this is the first time something like that has happened at this level where they're at the table meeting with the lieutenant governor, mm -hmm. meeting with the governor and really talking about a long-term strategic plan. Can you also talk about some of the tools available for municipalities and what impacts you've seen from these programs? Well, one of the things, and Ty, you, you are, have familiarity with this, for the first time in 30 years, Governor Murphy supported the restoration of the Main Street New Jersey right. program. 
And what that program does is it allows us through local planning services to work with municipalities and townships to devise plans to revitalize their commercial districts. Um, as we see e-commerce in effect and people's um, buying habits differently. When we travel around the state, many of our commercial corridors, mm -hmm. you see vacancies all along. So commercial corridors have to redefine themselves and they have to respond to what consumers want. That's right. And as a result of that, we're seeing through our Main Street program, the ability to um, revitalize those commercial corridors. I always like to use Collinswood, New Jersey as an example. Uh, everyone thought it was just a sleepy little colonial town. Mm -hmm. It is now um, a hip place, like <laughs> Brooklyn and Dumbo is for the hipsters. <laughs> Collinswood, New Jersey is now for the hipsters. So for all the hipsters in Jersey, now you have a new place to hang out in Collinswood, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And just to say this, so you mentioned Main Street program, but I will say this, um, in your capacity as Lieutenant Governor and also as Commissioner, you breathe new life into the Neighborhood Revitalization Tax Credit, to the Neighborhood Preservation Program, and to all these programs that were lying dormant for so long. So in addition to Main Street, you've been breathing life into all these new programs, expanding them into different areas as well. So that's just my own personal applauding you for seeing the importance of Thank you, of Ty. And you know, mm -hmm. with the Neighborhood Revitalization Tax Credit Program, we are totally revamping that program to first of all raise awareness for people in New Jersey that it exists mm -hmm. and to bring new developers and new participants in. If you look historically through uh, NRTC in New Jersey, the same people and the same organizations were the ones who were submitting proposals and being selected. Mm -hmm. uh, we have so many people across the state who want to have the opportunity to uh, do projects with the state. So we are um, creating more opportunities for folks to come to the table and participate. And since you said that keyword opportunity, <laughs> I have to bring up Opportunity Zones. They are embedded within the Department of Community Affairs and it has been such a huge task, but New Jersey has gotten so much credit for A, this election process, but the intuitive way that all your departments have really leaned all the way into this work. Do you wanna talk a little bit about what you guys are doing? I, I do, and first of all, Ty, I want to thank you because <laughs> in your capacity and in the role you play here at the EDA, you have worked collaboratively with us at DCA to establish our Opportunity Zone initiatives. You know that uh, we have a brainiac over at DCA <laughs> and his uh, shout out to Dr. Chris Wheeler. And he has worked with you and others here at EDA for us to do the rollout of the, um, of the program. I was so excited uh, last week when I sat on a panel with the regional two administrator of HUD, Lynn mm -hmm. Patton. And publicly, Lynn Patton said, New Jersey has the most advanced <laughs> and the best opportunity zone initiative to be established in the 50 states. Wow. I agree. I, I really think it's been a tremendous job. And one of the things that you've said before is, again, it's giving an opportunity to get those communities that have been redlined out of opportunity 
opportunity now. So I think that's tremendous. And again, have to mention that that's being held within the Department of Community Affairs. Mm -hmm. And you guys have your one-stop shop, which is there as well. So really exciting things. One of the other things that we always hear about as well um, as a community program is the Community Service Block Grant. Can you tell me a little bit more about this program and any new projects um, that you've had a chance to fund through it? CSBG is one of the, um, you know, landmark programs mm -hmm. of our U.S. Congress. And it, it was designed to provide funding within states to address social and economic inequities amongst mm -hmm. disadvantaged populations and to use it to support nonprofits. Um, under the federal law, there are a number of anti-poverty agencies in the state mm -hmm. that have existed since the era of Lyndon Johnson. When we receive our block grant, we must automatically provide funding to those entities. And they deliver a wide range of services from homelessness prevention, um, child care, uh, community development. One of our uh, organizations is getting ready to have a rib ribbon cutting. They're establishing a federal credit union. Oh, wow. And uh, CSBG, they're taking advantage of that. Um, and then there is something called uh, the secretary's discretionary grant. So as the commissioner, I get to utilize a certain amount of discretionary money under CSBG, and nonprofits can come and knock on the door at DCA. They can submit proposals, and I have the discretion to provide them with grants. So we have funded initiatives like the African-American uh, Chamber of Commerce oh, wow. here in Trenton. Uh, we have partnered up with uh, Jerry Walker up in Jersey City to um, promote low-income um, energy programs. Uh, just runs the gamut. I'm currently uh, processing a grant for the New Jersey Development Corporation in Patterson, oh, wow. which uh, it has a youth build program. And uh, they are working on providing skills to, uh, you know, unskilled young people in Patterson who will work with contractors to rehabilitate and uh, renovate a housing stock in the city of Patterson. So uh, CSBG is, is a wonderful program. Um, and I want to give a shout out to any congressional reps out there. <laughs> we could certainly use more money in that program. Well, I will just say, I don't know how you have time to do all of this. Is there anything else you want to mention before we close up? Yes, I, I would I would like to say that um, we are a resource, not just for municipalities in this state, but for the nonprofit sector, for people who uh, live in communities and don't know where to turn. We have a constituent services operation. We have an outreach uh, arm. Um, and uh, we've got a wealth of knowledge within the department. Um, we are uh, ordinary people who have the ability to do extraordinary things for people. And when New Jerseyans are looking to solve problems in their everyday lives, please feel free to outreach to the New Jersey Department of Community Affairs. Thank you so much, Lieutenant Governor. You are the epitome of a true public servant. This has been an honor and a pleasure for our whole team. And I have to say, I know our CEO is jealous that he wasn't here today. But again, you and the governor have done such a brilliant job embarking on this first year of the Stronger Fair Plan. Thank you so much for your time today. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 
Today we have with us Beth Novak, who became the state's first ever Chief Innovation Officer in the summer of 2018. She'll be talking with us about what she's been doing to help make New Jersey the state of innovation. We're also celebrating the one-year anniversary of the governor's plan, the state of innovation, building a stronger and fairer economy in New Jersey. Beth, welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. So can you start off and tell us about your approach to this role? It's a completely new role that we've never had in the state before, and our entire plan kind of hinges on the work that you're doing. So can you talk about your approach to this role? Well, I don't know about that. I'm supported by a cast of thousands, lots of collaborators <laughs> and people doing wonderful things to improve the lives of the residents of New Jersey and address uh, solutions to public problems. But in the 21st century, without a doubt, technology data and innovation more broadly, have to play an important role in addressing any of the challenges that we're facing. And that means it's incredibly important that we're thinking about how do we actually use these new technologies, again, some of the same technologies that we're worried about, how they're going to affect us, mm -hmm. how they're going to affect the future of work, the future of education, the future of our economy, how we turn that on its head and look at how do we use some of those same technologies to do a better job at addressing those challenges and really being prepared for them, not simply by using tools, but to use those tools to work differently, to work in new ways, to make decisions with the benefit of better data, to use the technology that allows us to reach out across not only the government, but across the state, to tap the best and smartest ideas that we have from people, and to bring what's working really into the limelight and allow us to scale and replicate what works well and to do more of it, again, using the accelerant that technology provides. So I think this is a really new concept for a lot of people. So you talked about your approach. Can you talk about some of the specific projects? Because again, the, the purpose of this is really to improve the lives of New Jersey and by solving these public problems differently. Let's talk about some projects. Sure. So let me give you a very practical example here. One of the challenges that any state faces, that every state faces, is really how to help the unemployed get a job faster? And how do people really get matched to and find the jobs that are meaningful to them and to find really good work? So typically we do that, of course, by providing services physically, face-to-face -face in many of our state's one-stops. But today, thanks to new technology, we have the opportunity to bring better resources to people faster uh, online. Mm -hmm. And to do that in new ways that actually allow us to match the phenomenal resources we have available to people so that we're providing them with the right information at the right time, not just information, but also the support that they need. So that's where a project called New Jersey Career Network comes in, work that we're doing collaboratively with the state's Department of Labor and Workforce Development and Rutgers University to essentially provide virtual coaching to match successful professionals, their expertise and background and experience, to job seekers to help the unemployed, and especially the long-term unemployed, accelerate their process of finding a job. We've always provided wonderful resources. We have great material available to people, but can sometimes be a lot for people to navigate and get through. Right. Part of what we can do using new technology is to actually customize what we give people, make sure it comes to them at the right time, and that it helps them in new ways. That's so just one example. As user-friendly as possible, essentially, right? Yes. There you go. Okay. Um, and we also know that your team has been intricately involved in the creation of the Business First Stop. It's in its beta phase right now, and the whole goal is to connect entrepreneurs and small business owners with resources that they need to grow their businesses. Can you talk about how that fits into the governor's overall economic development plan? 
Absolutely. Well, the broader plan is, of course, uh, centered around a whole variety of initiatives really designed to provide better resources to businesses in the state of New Jersey to help people both start a business, operate a business, and grow a business. We believe that it's incredibly important that the state help people in doing that, not stand in its way, not creating more bureaucracy uh, and more hurdles for people to navigate. So what we're doing with the Business First Stop initiative, again, is to use technology to help deliver people the information that they need to know how do we start a business, but also how do I get financing for my business? How do I grow my business? How do I find talent for my business? Instead of having to navigate a whole variety of different websites, search through forms, fill out the same information over and over again, the goal of Business First Stop is to provide that information to people from a single place with customized information for different sectors. So the useful, you need different information if you're starting a dog walking business than if you're starting a restaurant. We want to make sure that we're actually providing the information to people when they need it and where they need it. And again, customizing what people need and providing it to people in real time. It's important though, again, to flag, as you said, this is a beta. And by that, what we mean is we're working differently in how we're doing things. What we're doing is, in fact, uh, providing this website to people and resources before we're even finished kind of pulling everything together. Because what we really want to do is engage with residents in the state to find out from people, what do you need? What, how can we actually provide it to you in a way that's useful to you? So we want you to tell us how we can improve the website. And the idea is to grow the tools and resources that we're providing to people on the web and on their mobile phone uh, in a way that's actually useful to people. And that's why instead of waiting, as most people do, to kind of put out a press release and say, ta-da, we're finished, <laughs> we're doing government differently in a more open way, in a more collaborative way, in a more modest way working with, again, the people and residents of our state, the people who are creating the businesses here, to be able to uh, find out what it is we can do better and then to execute on that. It sounds like such a novel idea, but it really is so simple. You're helping people where they are when they need it, making it accessible, essentially. That's it's nothing more complicated than that, but it <laughs> represents a real sea change yeah. in the way that uh, not simply in the state of New Jersey, but government more broadly, local, state, federal, the way that we've done things in the past. Again, being more open in how we do things and really trying to bubble up innovation and good ideas, tapping into that collective intelligence, if you will, the smarts that we have across the state, both within the public sector and in the private sector, among individuals, among businesses and universities, really using technology to tap into that intelligence to do things better and differently. And how is the website being received so far in its beta stages? Well, the important thing is we're not looking for compliments and kudos. We don't mind those, of course, and uh, <laughs> uh, we've heard some nice things. It's awfully pretty. Um, but what we're getting from people is feedback, and that's what's really important. We've been working with business groups across the state to talk to business owners, to reach out to people. And the most important thing we can do is to hear back from people about what they need and allow that to drive our priorities and how we improve what we deliver. I think that's fantastic. And it is a complete different way to look at government. I'm so excited that you guys have taken this initiative on. The state is super lucky to have you. One of the other um, initiatives that the governor talked about early on during his campaign and that you've just launched is the Future of Work Task Force. Can you talk about why that's so important, especially at this time period? Absolutely. When we talk about technology and its impact on the state, we obviously have to be concerned about the ways in which technology will, on the one hand, uh, cause many jobs to be uh, made obsolete, 
But more importantly and more broadly and affecting much more people is the way in which technology will be transforming the nature of work. So we don't worry so much about the robots eating all the jobs. What we worry about is the fact that for many people, their job is going to be fundamentally changed because of the introduction of new tools. And what we have to be concerned about is the way that that affects people, the way that affects especially the most vulnerable people, the people who have the least security in terms of job and in terms of income, and to be centrally concerned with ensuring equity uh, um, and that uh, for all workers, that the rights of workers are protected, that the benefits of workers are protected. And we can do that through a process as this task force is focused on, not only in terms of how we think about innovative policies in this space, how we make law in this space, but I think also how we use some of those same technologies, how we use innovation to design tools like the New Jersey Career Network that I described Mm -hmm. earlier and other projects that we're engaged in and our colleagues are engaged in, how we use some of those same technologies to, again, respond to those challenges, to provide things life, like lifelong learning, like upskilling. So it's a combination then of uh, better policymaking and new, new initiatives like free community college that we're providing, like uh, um, uh, a free uh, pre-K, um, so greater learning across the spectrum. But then it's also the tools and innovations that we can develop to ensure that we're, first of all, enforcing the law as it currently stands, and then developing better approaches to make sure that the workers of the state of New Jersey are going to be prepared for the phenomenal, exciting challenges that are to come. Again, some of it's about protecting people against displacement, but there's also fabulous new jobs around the corner that are going to come as a result of AI and machine learning and other technologies. And we want people to be prepared to take on those new, better paying jobs of the future. So don't be afraid, be prepared. I think that's a really good way to kind of position that. You've also launched an innovation skills accelerator. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. So the Innovation Skills Accelerator is a free online course. Say that word one more time because everybody loves that. Free, free (laughs) as in free beer, free as in no free beer, but free learning in this case uh, in the sense of a free course that we have up online to provide uh, people not simply in the public sector at the state level, but local level, private sector, individuals, social entrepreneurs, really to help people develop their skills for solving public problems. We can't do it all from a small office of innovation. We can't do it all even across state government. We have to get more people engaged in addressing the challenges that our communities face and being able to take a good idea and advance it from idea to implementation, allowing us to help people in our own communities. So what we've done is to create some free resources. And back of those free resources, what we've said is people who finish that course, which is again, freely available online, we're here to help provide additional help and support, again, to catalyze more projects that are benefiting the citizens of New Jersey. It's a big part of our approach to working differently from the Office of Innovation is to say, we're not going to do things top down. we got to work bottom up. We've got lots of smart people in our communities wanting to do things differently. And our hope is to actually get more people engaged in that process. So again, some skills and resources we can hopefully provide to people to get people excited um, through the Innovation Skills Accelerator, helping people to solve public problems. It's free and you should check it out. I will say this. uh, Beth Novak is incredibly eloquent in her words. And all I heard was free and again help so I love all of the above Um, and so again I think one of the most exciting things this administration has done is really focused on the creation of the Office of Innovation is there anything else that you want listeners to know 
well about um, the Murphy administration's efforts to drive innovation. Well, I think this administration has really been singularly concerned with this question of not only how do we use innovation to provide for greater economic growth, but how do we do so in an inclusive way for all people? Right. Stronger, Absolutely. smarter, fairer in how we think about doing things. That means we have to rise all boats, if you will, uh, to, to, to mix my metaphors there. And the hope is that through the way that we're doing things, whether it's the Innovation Skills Accelerator, whether it's Business First Stop, whether it's New Jersey Career Network, that in the first place we're hoping we're providing some tools and resources to catalyze some of that. We're doing that in an open way to get more people helping us to know how to do that better. And that what we can hopefully do the most of is, again, to support and catalyze lots of public problem solving across the state from a wide range of actors, supporting our colleagues and collaborators across not only the agencies and the counties and cities, um, but also in the private sector to do things uh, for our collaborative and collective benefit. And so I will just end with a quick proverb. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I love the fact that you're bringing all these entities together to work on this. So again, Beth has taken the state by storm, and we're so lucky to have her here. Well, thank you very much. We've had no greater collaborator in all of this work than New Jersey EDA, which has been a <laughs> really uh, 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 at the forefront, not only of Business First Stop as our partner in that effort, but in so much of the work that we're doing. So we're thrilled to be here and very grateful. Thanks so much. Today we have with us Melanie Willoughby, Executive Director of the Business Action Center within the Secretary um, of State's office. Melanie, so glad to have you here today. It is great to be here with you, Ty. Thank you. So super excited. Um, just to start off, can you explain what exactly is the Business Action Center? What you guys do, the services you offer to entrepreneurs and small business owners? Well, the Business Action Center is a real critical aspect of government because businesses recognize that government is their silent business partner. Uh, there are fees, fines, rules, regulations, laws that all need to be explained. And many businesses have their heads down, they're doing their work, uh, hiring people, and they just don't recognize all of the rules and laws that they have to follow. And that's where the Business Action Center comes in, because you give us one call, and we're going to answer those questions for you and help you navigate government. So you're like a one-stop shop, essentially, for businesses. Yes, we are. And we like to say we're from government, and we're here to help you. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Uh, what piece of advice do you most frequently give to business owners who are just starting out? Well, the first thing you have to do is plan. Mm -hmm. You really have to have a business plan so that you know exactly how much capital you need. Uh, you need to be able to figure out how your product is going to sell. Uh, you need to understand who your possible partners should be and really where your funding is going to come from. And that's all going to come down to doing a very intricate business plan. And the Business Action Center can help you find uh, the mentors to help you do that business plan. So that's the first thing you need to do. So you're saying government is actually working to make it easier to do business? Yes, government actually <laughs> um, is here to mentor you Good. and is here to guide you. Um, and that's part of what the Action Center has to do is make sure that you understand all the rules and that you comply with them so that you don't get into trouble. This is one of the best hidden secrets within the state. Not so hidden anymore, but one of the best assets we really do have in this state. Thank you. And we love saying that business questions, we have answers. <laughs> 
So as you know, uh, we are celebrating the year anniversary of the governor's stronger, fairer um, economic development plan. And one of the key pillars is making New Jersey easier to do business with. How does the Business Action Center fit within the pillar and the entire plan for the governor's stronger, fairer economic plan? Well, the governor wants to streamline uh, the ability to do permitting. Mm-hmm. And he also wants to uh, streamline access to government. So that's two things that the Business Action Center has been doing. But now we're going to have more tools to do it better. So in streamlining permitting, that's something that our business advocates have been doing for years, is helping guide you through permitting. But now we're going to really work together with departments to get it up online. So that we are in the process of doing, which is very exciting. But in addition, we have a website, which is brand new, dun, 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 dun. and it's beautiful, and it's, go- <laughs> it's really, oh my, it's, it's very exciting to actually have a website that so doesn't look like government. So this is the business first stop, right? This is the business first stop, and there's a chat bot, wow. which... Um, as a non-millennial, I did not know what that was exactly, but I'm very excited about it because of the fact that our business uh, advocates answer the chatbot, and we do it within five minutes. This is real time? This is real time. So you log on to the business first stop, a chatbot appears, you can ask any question, and then somebody live from your office actually answers it? That is correct. That's awesome. And um, we will certainly, if we you we don't know the answer, we will get back to you um, within a few hours with the answer uh, because we sort of think of ourselves as the, as the answer team and it could be almost any question. Now, what is the website for this new amazing one-stop? You go to business.nj.gov and the new website will come up, and it's still in beta testing. So we advise you to give us your input about where you think we can improve our website. But try out the chatbot. <laughs> Say hello to our business advocates um, and uh, ask them a question. So I'm really excited about this. One, because you're offering a resource that we traditionally have not offered online before. But there's so much work that the Business Action Center has been doing continually over the course of the years. So A, excited that we're upgrading it to this one-stop shop, but also taking note of all the work that you and your team have been doing for years. So this is incredibly, incredibly exciting. Um, Is there anything else that you want the, the listeners here today to know about the Business Action Center? Well, I think the important thing to know is that we are a resource for any question a business has. And I'm not just saying that it's a question as it relates to any new law or how to comply with the wage and hour or um, if they have a permit problem, but we answer all questions. They're talking about how to find a worker, how to connect with um, a higher education researcher for their Mm -hmm. product. Um, I mean, there is no question we will not answer as long as it's clean. We will answer all <laughs> questions um, and find you an answer. So if you are an entrepreneur, you're starting a new small business, the Business Action Center and the Business First Stop is the place to go now. Yes, it is. And we're very excited about it. And it's all part of the Governor's Stronger, Fairer Economic Plan. There you go. This is one year. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you, Ty. Wow, this has been really awesome. It's been an honor to hear from such dynamic and passionate New Jersey leaders. As we begin the second year of implementing the governor's vision, it's important to look at how far we've come towards achieving our goal of a stronger and fairer New Jersey economy. However, it's also important to recognize that we still have work to do. 
Fortunately, as you heard today, there are smart, hardworking people focused on these challenges. I certainly know I'm excited to see what we achieve in the coming year and to having conversations with leaders behind the most exciting initiatives right here on eConversations.